0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, everybody, to a crossover edition of the Locked On Texans podcast. We are joined by the hosts of the Locked On Panthers. Welcome into the show. I'm, of course, joined by Cody Davis. He's actually on this screen over here. So I'm are going to do this screen over here. And then we have my man Julian Councilman from the Locked On Panther. Super excited for today's show. Of course, you guys know we're going to talk about the game that takes place later on this evening. The Locked On NFL Draft Podcast has relaunched since September 20th with brand-new host Eric Crocker brings you the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings you the analytics. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. Of course, let's go ahead and hop into the show, man. What's going on, everybody? I'm joined by the guys. Let's go ahead and talk some Texas football and Panthers for tonight.
0: And Julian, um, I'm just going to jump right into it, man. Look, Sam Darnold has looked like a completely different quarterback than he has looked like in New York. Can you please explain to <laughs> myself and the listeners what has been the key to getting Sam Darno into the player that we have been seeing over these first two weeks? Well, the key is him getting up out of New
2: York, obviously. <laughs> Look, going, going into the offseason, when they made that trade, I was firmly a Sam Darnold skeptic. Now I still am. Mm-hmm. I've been telling people I'm going to need to see it at least the first eight, nine, ten weeks before I make any sort of determination on whether this dude is actually good enough to be a franchise quarterback here in Carolina. He's got a two-year deal. They picked up the fifth-year option, so he's basically here for two years on $22 million, $11, $11 million per year, which is less than what they've would been paying Teddy Bridgewater had he stayed here for this season as well. But he's now in Denver. But having Christian McCaffrey, that certainly helps. The best running back in the league. Having Robbie Anderson, who he played with in New York, oh. that helps. <laughs> having,
1: Did you say Christian D? McCaffrey is the best running back in the league? Uh, last time I checked,
2: when he was healthy for a full sixteen game season two years ago in twenty nineteen, he had a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing. Only two other dudes have done that: Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. My, Marshall Falk's in the Hall of Fame. Roger Craig probably should be in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, I, I love I love Derrick Henry. Don't get me wrong. Like I was in Nashville covering the Titans before I moved back home to Charlotte. That dude is good. He can't do some of the things that Christian McCaffrey does in terms of receiving the ball, in the backfield. Now he'll run over you all day long. El Tractorito. That's why they call him that for a reason. I like what I like Derrick Henry, but in terms of versatility, best running back in the league, in my opinion. I might be biased, obviously being from Charlotte covering the Panthers. But it's Christian McCaffrey having that dude. He can dink and dump down to to be a security valve and have Dan Arnold, who they brought over from Arizona, as his tight end, a red zone threat. Ian Thomas has played pretty well so far to start of the season. Having general weapons and Joe Brady as your offensive coordinator is a lot better than having Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, who's washed, and Adam Gates mm. as your head coach. So, so far we've seen it's been more of the Jets than Sam Darnold, although he played the Jets defense, which is trash, and then the Saints were missing some key defensive players this past week. Not going to take anything away from him at all. He's looked really good. Has taken care of the football outside of the wild interception he threw on Sunday against the Saints, which – it was the only reason the Panthers even gave him a touchdown at all because it put the Saints plus territory. Then he had the fumble at the goal line week one against the, the Jets. But other than that, he's taking care of the football. He's been efficient, and he's got the ball to his playmakers. All, all said, for the first couple weeks, I like what I've seen. Still want to see more, especially as they head to their first road game on Thursday night against Houston.
1: Now, you did mention McCaffrey is the best running back in the league when healthy, right? He's healthy now, yeah. but on a Sunday against the – uh, New Orleans, sorry, New Orleans Saints. Excuse me. The Panthers are only able to rush for two point seven yards per carry. Is that going to be a concern for tonight's game, or did you did you guys just go up against a, <clears throat> a, a better defensive front? You're also going to be with our right guard Pat Elfing. El, Elflin, I hope I say his name correctly.
2: Yeah, no, and, and that's. The, I'm glad you bring that up though. Like something, the Saints have a good defense. The secondary. Not having Marshawn Lattimore, not having C.J. Gardner-Johnson, that certainly hurt them. Up front, they pretty much had all their guys except for David Onyemata, who's still suspended. Um, whatever, I don't remember what he did, but he's suspended by the league for a couple of games. If he would have been in the game, that would have certainly helped them, but they were pretty good and stout on the defensive line there in New Orleans. Well, the Panthers, one of the big question marks coming in the season was the offensive line. You bring up Pat Elfline, PFF, Pro Football Focus, y'all know who they are, rated him and Cameron Irving, his buddy right there at left tackle, as two of the worst offensive linemen over the last three years in the NFL. And those were the two first free agency signings by the Carolina Panthers. They were mm. priority signings. Elf yeah, exactly. has been – he's been terrible. Week one he was. He got hurt early in the game on Sunday. He gave up four pressures week one against the Jets, the New York Jets. Come on, man. So him being out is actually not a bad thing for the Panthers. Dennis Daly has been seen as the sixth starter – for Carolina on the offensive line, him standing there at a left guard where he's actually better suited. He started at right guard for John Miller uh, week one when Miller was out with COVID, played well there, going to a more natural position for him. That will help out. So, depending what the Texans have on the defensive front, it could be another issue for the Panthers. But I think with John Miller at guard, when they bring in Dennis Daly, Irving's actually played fairly well so far, then Taylor Moten, who just got handed in the bag before the season started, and Matt Paradis at center, who's kind of been iffy. They should be better running the football against the Texans tonight in Houston.
0: Hmm. Um, Julian, you know, the biggest story surrounding the Carolina Panthers right now is this team defense. And I just need to know and just need to ask, is this defense for real? Because you guys have looked good through the first two weeks of the regular season but you got to keep in mind um that you guys played against the new york jets and you played against the new orleans saints who that that team isn't a scrub but you also got to keep in mind that that was a team that lost so many of their coaching staff due to covid so do you believe this defense is for real yeah, yeah before, exactly.
1: before you i'm sorry to cut you off before you hop in there, i do want to say last year the panthers had about what 11 rookies on the field or they they had the most rookie snaps in the entire yeah. league, that was Phil Snow's first year as defensive coordinator. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad
2: you brought that up because I'm looking you guys, at it now. You
1: guys, are, an, another year in the league with these with these young players, they look damn good.
2: I mean, last year, Derek Brown, seventh overall out of Auburn, started every single game. Jeremy Chen played out of position at linebacker. He's now back playing his his more natural position at safety, even though he's played a lot in the box, as Phil Snow has asked him to be multiple and versatile and go out there and blitz a lot of times, especially on Sunday before the end of the half. Blitz three straight times going up the gut. But yeah, I think this defense is real. If you go back to last season, from weeks 11 through 17, the Panthers' defense ranked sixth in total yards allowed, ninth in total points allowed, and seventh in sacks per pass attempt. Eight of the 11 defensive starters from week 16's win on the road against Washington are still on the roster. Then you add in Daquan Jones, who's been a solid player at defensive tackle the last six seasons with the, tech, the Titans as they've gone from a team, as y'all see, I know that was terrible, to it being a perennial playoff contender and a team that played an AFC title game not too long ago. They add an A.J. Boye, who will finally be active tonight after serving a six-game PED suspension, had to miss the first two games this year after missing four last year when he was with the Broncos, and then you draft J.C. Horn who's a dog and has been fantastic so far at the start of the season. And Hassan Reddick, who had 12 and a half sacks last year, already has three sacks. So yeah, this defense is for real. And some of the area concerns I have were like at safety, guys like Sean Chandler, who you most people don't even know about, UDFA out of Baylor has come in and has actually been a pretty solid player for the Panthers so far. Shaq Thompson, that middle linebacker for the Panthers, is playing out of his mind through the first few games. He's one of the leaders defensively. I love what I've seen from this Panthers defense. I was excited about them coming into the season. Hassan Reddick even said it after the game on Sunday. He thought that they would be good. He didn't expect them to be good this fast. And what they've mm-hmm. done against the Jets, against that rookie Zach Wilson, and what they did and made Jameis look like Tampa Jameis on Sunday, <laughs> I'd be concerned if I'm, y'all, going up against another rookie quarterback in Davis Mills who didn't really look all that great, put in a situation there in the second half on the road in Cleveland on Sunday.
1: But, yeah, we're definitely concerned um, <laughs> with the issues we have here at quarterback <laughs> – without Tyrod Taylor, uh, and looking at the amount of bodies, key pieces that Houston lost on Sunday. I do want to transition a little bit to the special teams before we move out of here. You guys did allow nearly 32 yards per return to Saints returner Deontay Harris, and uh, Matt Rule did not like that. Didn't no. like that at all. Is, is, that, no. is that going to be an area of concern? Is that something that we can kind of win in special team <laughs> battle? For tonight's game, because we got Andre Roberts, he fumbled on Sunday, but he's a good special team, a special team returner specialist throughout the course of his career in the league. Uh, and I'm looking for any any checkbox we can check off to get a win against you guys in order to have some type of positivity for the rest of the season. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment, too, because I do have special teams questions for
2: y'all with Joey Sly, our former kicker now playing there in Houston <laughs> and looking fairly solid after he lost all confidence here a couple of weeks ago in Carolina. But yeah. I think Matt Rule said that special the kicking game specifically has been woeful through the first two games of the season. Football Outsiders has Panthers bottom three in special teams starting off the season. So, yeah, that might be an area of concern, the kicking game, especially Zane Gonzalez. Matt Rule said he chose accuracy over leg strength, meaning he didn't have any did touchbacks. He had no touchbacks on Sunday in his debut with the Panthers. So there's going to be opportunities certainly for the Texans to be able to return kicks tonight. Punt game-wise, Joe Charlton's actually been a pretty good kicker. Was really good last year as a rookie coming out of South Carolina. Expect him to do pretty well again tonight and throughout the season. And then outside of that, we'll see how they do in terms of kick covers. But Last week against Deontay Harris, who's certainly one of the better kick returners in the NFL, was not all that inspiring, although it didn't really matter because the Saints could do nothing offensively against this forming Panthers defense.
1: With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all of the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have the computer access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on texas in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com
2: all right, back here on Locked On Panthers and on Locked On Texans for our weekly crossover episode tonight. Thursday night football, 2-0 Panthers going up against the 1-1 Houston Texans. Now, let me ask you boys, John, Cody, going into this game, I thought we were going to see Tyrod Taylor after what y'all did week one against Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jaguars. There was kind of those thoughts that, hey, maybe the Texans might not be that bad after all, even without Deshaun Watson. Y'all played Cleveland pretty tough in the first half there on Sunday before – Things went sideways when Davis Mills came in. Tyron Taylor has since been put on IR. What are your expectations going in tonight for the rookie quarterback, Davis Mills, especially going up against his Panthers defense?
1: He's going to struggle. I don't think there's any way uh, around it. Uh, his first year in the league, in his first start, he's going against a Son Riddick. You mentioned earlier had 12-and-a-half sacks last year. Uh, Brian Burns, that defensive front is sick. Okay, and Not only that, uh, he doesn't have – some of his, some of his, how can I put it? Security blankets out there. Yeah, Brandon Cooks will be playing, but Nico Collins will be out. Danny Amendola, who you know, you can kind of put him on the field with any quarterback, and he'll just make his way around the field, catch passes, and do what he needs to do on it on the field. So he won't have Danny Amendola. He will get Anthony Miller back, but overall, in a very short week, that's the most concern. How much can he process while his first start is going to be against right now the number one team, defensive team in the league? Only allowing forty-five rushing yards per game, so a lot of us think, a lot of the fans think Houston will be able to just kind of rely on their running game. Well, the Panthers have stopped that, and they're only allowing one hundred and I think fifty passing yards. So, are we expecting a rookie to outplay Jameis and uh, who, who did you guys take on the first week? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, another high drafted rookie. Like Davis Mills was a third round draft pick with limited time in college. Are we expecting him to outplay those two guys? So I, I think for us here in Houston, we're basically looking at after the game is over, the clock hit zero, what are some wins we can take away to build on? But I definitely think he's going to struggle tonight. Hmm.
2: Yeah, here's the thing, too. Like, when you're looking at quarterback, Deshaun Watson, he's still on the roster. He's going to be inactive once again week three tonight in the game. The whole situation, I'm sure y'all talk about it ad nauseum for the last six months, and I'm sure you're tired of talking <laughs> about it. I was talking about it a lot here on Locked On Panthers. Because there's a thought, Deshaun gone to Clemson about two hours down the road from Charlotte here. He would be a marketing hit if he came to the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers owner, David Tepper, is desperate for a franchise quarterback. What is the deal with that whole situation? Because you think the Texans would ever, if, say, Davis Mills goes down, and maybe even if Jeff Driscoll goes down, that they might say to Deshaun, like, hey, we kind of need you to play because we don't have Tyra, we don't have Davis Mills, and we don't have Jeff Driscoll.
0: No. That's that's not going to happen because what a lot of people fail to realize that part of the reason why Deshaun Watson isn't playing right now is because he's kind of unplayable due to the off-field issues that he has going on, you know. And look, say what you want about Deshaun. I don't know if he's innocent or guilty, but at the end of the day, this is 2021. And if the Texans put Deshaun out there on the field, especially when you consider the fact that he don't want to be here, it's going to cause a major It's going to cause a major problem all over the place. Plus, I really do believe that's part of the reason why the NFL has not stepped in and put him on the commissioner exempt list, because every time you look at a situation that a player gets in trouble, i.e. the Ezekiel Elliott situation or the Ben Roethlisberger situation, those guys wanted to play. Deshaun doesn't want to play for this organization. Um, you know, and I know there's a lot of people around here like, well, you have Deshaun Watson practicing every single day. Why is he still on the roster? Look, here's the deal. Deshaun Watson is still on this 53-man roster but he is not really practicing with the team he is inside the building every single day he is going to meetings but every time the texans and their 53 which technically is 52 um every time those players go out there on the field and start practicing and getting ready for games he is nowhere to be found on the field as a matter of fact i believe it was tuesday morning um, me and some of the other media members actually had an opportunity to see Deshaun go through his own individual workouts on a practice field. And that is actually what he has been doing on the field. Any on-field activity, he is by himself um doing it alone. And when the team comes out there, he's back inside the building. He's hey. going to meetings. He, he's going to, you know, um, film review and stuff. And it's, it's one of those situations where, it sounds weird but at the end of the day it's more to whether or not the Texans can trade him because the reason why the Texans and Deshaun is in this situation is because of his all-field actions. Yeah it's
2: kind of wild like this dude like refuses to play when we have no idea depending on the 22 lawsuits that still need to be taken care of he's not gonna be deposed until February which basically Mm -hmm. means he's Untradable until at least that's all figured out. It is interesting to me that he is still so against playing for the Houston Texans that he's going to throw <laughs> away this season, and there may never be another season that he plays in the NFL. So that's interesting. And I just one quick Deshaun thing because you talk about he's there for the meetings. Is he part of the game plan at all in terms of trying
0: to help out Davis Mills prepare for tonight? Do you know uh, that? Um, yeah, he's like any time, at least from what we've been told, and you know, especially from what we've been able to see um throughout training camp, because I remember there was a time. um, it was one day Davis Mills looked terrible in practice he threw like four interceptions or whatever and there was a moment well multiple <laughs> times but for this but for this particular moment um he threw like two or three interceptions and deshaun watson did call him over and was like giving him pointers and stuff and from what everything we've been told you know asking asking about um how 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 much of a help Deshaun Watson has been to not just um, Davis Mills, but also to Tyrod Taylor. Um, I actually had an opportunity to ask Tim Kelly this back back in training camp. And he said that, you know, he he described Deshaun Watson as an open book. You know, he said he's been very helpful to Davis Mills, but at the end of the day, you know, Deshaun Watson could tell Davis, every single trick in the book, and it's not going to help him for tonight's game. It's just a weird situation. It's an unfortunate situation. We are all tired of talking about the Deshaun Watson situation, but it's going to be an ongoing thing until they find a trade partner to ship him off.
2: Right. And at the very least, the next three to four weeks, as that's the reports, he's going to be out the hamstring. You can find out whether you have a potential successor here in Davis Mills. And I feel bad for Tyrod. Mm -hmm. Every time the dude gets an opportunity to be the starter, he either gets bumped out for Nathan Peterman or he has a doctor put the syringe into his uh, his his lungs. And he has a collapsed lung or he gets hurt with the hamstring after looking pretty damn good the first two weeks of the season. Now, the offensive line was a problem for many years there in Houston. Y'all traded what I think is way too much to Miami to bring Larry McTunsell. Is that fixed to go up against the Panthers front tonight to at least give Davis Mills an opportunity to throw the football, which we have yet to see from either Zach Wilson or Jameis Winston with their respective offensive lines first two weeks?
1: Fixed is a word that I would probably not use right now, but progressing is. And I say progressing because you mentioned how hard it was for the entirety of the better part of last decade to really get offensive linemen, not only in town, but kind of grow them a little bit. Now, the one reason why that was the case was because of one guy and one guy only, and that was Mike Devlin. Uh, His best friend. Yeah, no, yeah, Who's best friend? Uh, Bill O'Brien's best friend. They both out the door. But Mike Devlin (laughs) had been the offensive line coach for Houston for, uh, he spent time, a lot of time here in Houston, and he failed tremendously. Miserably, however, whatever adjective verb you want to use, he never did a good job of allowing or getting his offensive lineman to the next level. That was never the case. Uh, now that he's gone, James Campbell has stepped in, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've seen a difference. I uh, not only have I seen a difference in the offensive line play individually, but I will say that the play calling has helped the offensive line out as well. When uh, we went when we went against the Browns. We saw a lot of our tight ends when we were in a 12-man personnel chip block pull block as well and some of those play actions or run plays in order to help out that offensive lineman in the past it was your guy versus my guy and we we're going to see who the better who the better guy is and nine times out of ten houston lost that battle outside larry tonsil so they're getting help they're also progressing now your question your the second part of that question is is it gonna be enough for tonight Well. For Larry McTussel, it ain't gonna be no problem. Dude. Like he just held Miles Garrett to zero sacks, and Miles Garrett was, you know, virtually uh, a non-threat on Sunday. Okay. But for Howard, Britt, Sharpen, Cannon, they will have their hands full, and I definitely see this game not getting out of hand. But your front seven will affect Houston's front five. Or with 12-minute personnel, our front center with our, our offensive linemen and uh tight ends.
2: Yeah, I, I have no concerns about that at all. But yeah, Larry McTunsel was pretty nice shutting down Miles Garrett, one of the best defensive ends in the league. One last question before we take a quick break here for y'all. Looking defensively, I'm kind of interested what y'all got over there. Like we were talking about on the previous segment, we we're looking at the Panthers. Y'all asked me about Sam Darnold. He hasn't really faced much of a threat so far with the Jets being a terrible defense and the Saints missing so many key defensive pieces, especially in the secondary. I love what Justin Reed offers. I don't think he gets talked about enough in the National Football League as one of the top safeties Mm -hmm. out there. Uh, I like the Christian Kirksey signing. He was pretty good in Cleveland, played well last year when he was in Green Bay. Uh, Gruyer Hill, I don't know how to say Mm -hmm. his last name, but he's a solid player. What do you think this Texans defense might be able to offer to present some sort of challenge for Sam Darnold in his first road start as a Carolina Panther?
1: Uh, I think Darnold may actually have an easier game, man. Justin Reed won't mm-hmm. be playing. Uh, Terrence Mitchell won't be playing due to concussion. So Reed has been the anchor for this defense, causing turnovers, whether it be in the air or forced fumbles. He won't be playing, and he's a leader out there. He is the quarterback for that defense. When you're missing somebody like him, uh, that really helps out the next guy which is Sam Darnold and his offense. Overall, Houston's defense this year from preseason, offseason, OTAs, and the first couple of games of the year have been based on turnovers. And Houston has done a very good job with that. Since preseason and the first few games, I believe Houston has forced 16 turnovers mm-hmm. combined. Uh, and that's what Lovey Smith wants. But when you don't have your quarterback out there or key guys or players – that are still trying to learn that role. Like, we're going to see a lot more of Lonnie Johnson on uh, on tonight. Not Sunday, tonight. We're going to see a lot of more other guys that are going to have to step up that hasn't been playing that much. Then if I'm Sam Darnold, I'm looking at it like, okay, this is one of the games where I'm playing playing a, a a very competitive defense. I should be able to go out there and put some numbers out with these guys out. And I think that's something you guys in Carolina should be looking at. Like, if he doesn't go out there and put numbers up with key guys out, OK, then the future for right now may look good, but in the future, he may not be our quarterback. Uh, but overall, this defense has been set around creating turnovers and they've done that. But now they're going to be expected to do the same thing without the players that they need on the field to do their job.
0: Hmm. And I will say to that point, um, the Texans defensive line has looked good as well. Um, it, this is a weekend defense. As John just alluded to, Justin Reed, Terrence Mitchell, those guys will not be playing. But majority, if not all of the Texans' top defensive linemen will be playing. Charles Amini, Jacob Martin, Ross Blacklock, um, the rookie Roy Roy Lopez. Those guys have looked really good. The only thing I do hate about that is this is going to be the second game in a row the Texans will be without Vincent Taylor. So even then, the defensive line is going to be a little bit weakened, you know. I think the Texans were on the verge of shocking a lot of people for this upcoming season, but you know it just seems like the the this team isn't good. Projection is still going to be the reality of the situation, but that's only going to be due to the injuries. Yeah, I, I will say. Like,
1: yeah, sorry. go ahead. I will say that I think Malik Collins will have a good game tonight. He had a good game against Cleveland. Uh, he does a very good job on the defensive front, squeezing it offensive line making plays so i think he will have a good game considering the guard position issues that you guys have
2: yeah and that if the panthers can be had it's definitely on the offensive line against a pretty stout defensive line so talking about you missing some guys in secondary having your defensive line players for the most part being healthy that could potentially um create a problem for carolina and you guys talk about your team overall like john mcclain your guy down there in houston chronicle longtime colonist he was saying a couple weeks ago that The Texans have a lot of dudes on one-year deals who are trying to prove it. So maybe Mm -hmm. Houston might not be as bad moving forward as a lot of people thought coming into the season. We'll take a quick pause here, down on this side, talk about some key takeaways and uh, keys to the game and give our game predictions for tonight's Panthers-Texans matchup in Houston. Three.
1: We are back and better than ever. All eyes are now on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start a football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And Texans fans, I want to let you guys know about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. So that's basically almost everybody, right? GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cent for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB and get a bonus $0.25 cent per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cent cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB. Betting on the Houston Texans or the Carolina Panthers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q, and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag
0: wherever you get your podcasts. All righty, Texans and Panthers fans, as we conclude this crossover edition of Locked On Texans, it's time for us to give our predictions on how we think this week three match against the Texans and the Panthers (laughs) will. What will happen in tonight's game? And look, guys, let me just go ahead and get my prediction over with.
1: I, I thought this was going to be
0: a battle of you know going. I was very excited. You laughing, but I was very excited for this game at first because I thought that this was going to be a battle of two teams, two and O. That whoever was going to win this was going to get the top respect around the league because I think we could all agree you know that nobody expected much from the Panthers and you know given the situation with Deshaun losing J.J. Watt nobody gave a damn about the Texans (laughs) coming into this season but (laughs) you know because of all the injuries it's I don't think it's going to be a good game especially going out there with a rookie quarterback in Davis Mills I have you guys winning I hate to say it but 27-10 Dang man, y'all are real. And that's a, you thought they were gonna win on on Sunday against Cleveland. You said two hundred. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, I he thought they win. was gonna yeah. win because we was up. But when Tyrod hurt his hamstring injury, um, we had, when Tyrod sustained his hamstring injury, they were actually in the lead. I think they was up like fourteen 18-7. to seven. Yeah, and the defense was looking good, and and Cleveland could not get into a rhythm and. I was just like, man, plus I also had this as one of the five games I really thought the Texans could win coming into the season. But once again, I didn't know you guys were going to look this good after two weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny, though. Know? I mean, I've been talking to my listeners the last couple weeks about potentially starting off 3-0. and mm-hmm. You knew we were going to get the Jets game because it's, mm-hmm. it's the Jets. The Jets. Week <laughs> two against the Saints, being at home, it was only helped by the fact that they were displaced by Hurricane Ida having to set up shop at TCU down there in Fort Worth. Then Ooh, they yeah. looked great against New Orleans, which then kind of caused a lot of concern. But out of that, they lose their Senate Eric McCoy. They lose Marshawn Lattimore. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's not playing. Of course, seven coaches get COVID, and that disrupts their whole entire week, where last week was kind of like you can't lose to New Orleans. You've lost 9 of 10, so you got to win this one considering all the circumstances of the past. This is the best chance you've had in five years – to beat the Saints, Drew Brees is not here. Jameis Winston looked good, but, you know, he's still Jameis. And that's not going to this game. It's like, okay, whether they had Tyrod or not, the Texans are the land of misfit free agents, basically. <laughs> that's that's the way I looked at them coming into the season. But they've actually impressed me through the first two weeks, despite the loss in, in Cleveland last week where they did. Like you said, they were up there in the first half of the game. I, I think it's going to probably be a 10-point game. It's, it's And it might be close. Because the way things have gone the last couple weeks on Thursday night football, I know it's not the Cowboys and the and the Bucks. I know it's not a division game like last week with the football team with the Giants. But I mean the NFL, like y'all know, most times it's usually a one-score game. But the fact that you're playing a rookie quarterback, I'm gonna probably say Carolina wins this game 24-14. Hmm.
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and get my prediction, man. I think 27-13, I, uh, I think Davis Mills and his arm will be able to at least stretch one down the field, uh, get him a touchdown. Yeah. You put
0: that in quotes, though.
1: <laughs> you say arm. He
0: does have a good arm, but it's just his arm. decision-making. His decision making, making like, oh, is like, ah
1: man. Uh, an issue and coming out of college, man. When I was going back and doing a lot of scouting on him, he does not do a good job of reading, progressing through his reads. Hmm. And uh you can't do that against a defense, at least what we've seen in the first two weeks of the Carolina Panthers, because they got they got pressure everywhere, the front seven and the in the back four. There's talent across the entire defense. You can't just sit there and to sit and look and not look at what's going on. So I see 27, 13, two, two uh, field goals, one touchdown. And I can see this being one of the games where uh, Sam Darnold gets loose a little bit, kind of really start feeling himself. Yeah. I think he's like number 10 or 11. He's in the top half of QBR right now. So he's not having a bad first two games. Uh, and, and I think, with the talent around him, which is something that he has lacked. And overall, Adam Gates should never be another head coach in this league ever again. Adam Gates should actually never be a coordinator, in my opinion, ever again in the NFL. And on top of that, I don't think anybody that has been labeled a QB whisperer should ever be a head coach ever again. Any <laughs> offensive guru should never be late. Be a head coach ever again. You want to know why I say that? I'm sorry but on the rant, but I'm going to do it. I'm saying it because you know who we had here in Houston? A quote-unquote <laughs> offensive guru. Uh,
2: but he was better than Adam Gate. Come on B-O-B. now. should get in the
1: playoffs these amount of times. Yeah, you know what? He did. But Andrew Luck also sustained <laughs> some of the worst stretch of his career during that time. Uh, Jacksonville was Jacksonville. It took Rick Smith to say, "Screw what y'all doing! I'm about to go draft Deshaun Watson because we just had Brock Osweiler, and he was ASS ass. Okay, (laughs) the best version of Houston's offense we've ever seen, ever Hmm. seen. Guess who wasn't
0: around? (laughs) Bill O'Brien." Well, at that point, he already developed the persona of King Bill. Once he got that, that persona, yeah. it was all hell from downhill. Yeah,
1: and that's what I'm saying. No QB whisper, quarterback, guru, office, whatever you want to call it, Matt Nagy should never be a head coach in the league again. You see how bad of a job Matt Nagy is doing in Chicago with all of them?
2: Never mind. So you're saying Joe Brady, the OC here in Carolina, should not be getting a head coaching job.
1: Let's let's see about it. Let's see how, how that works out. That's I am okay. complete. I mean, it's a couple <laughs> of things I believe qb whisperers and, and and uh offensive gurus shouldn't be head coaches and i also believe aside of justin fields and i mean because i saw him play before he got to ohio state ohio state quarterbacks are never good in the nfl and i also believe that offensive linemen that come from alabama are overrated that's my, that's, that's, my, that's my tidbit for the night. Just <laughs> laying down the facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. y'all want more? I can give you some more, but those are my top like <laughs> Hey, man,
0: your boy's crazy. <laughs> and that's going to conclude this, this latest crossover edition of Locked On Texans. As always, uh, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in Crown. Just some sports guy, me. you
1: guys, make sure you give us a follow at Locked On Texans. Take those same fingers, go to YouTube, subscribe and like, and comment as well at Locked On Texas on YouTube. And I'm adding a great show with our guests. Actually, we're guests for each other. Julian Councilman of the Locked On Panthers, where can they find you, man?
2: Yeah, you can follow me at Julian Council. Not on YouTube, not yet, not gonna, not doing that. But you can uh, rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You guys know where to find the podcast. So just wherever you find this podcast, same platform, just type in Locked On Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, the football version, not the hockey version. Check me out. (laughs)
0: Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace.
2: You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.